Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copite Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cup Eye Podcast. It is another stat show. I had to check when the last stat show was, and apparently it was the 5th of December, which makes me feel a little bit sick that it was well, just over two months ago. It feels mad. Um, and we haven't done an actual podcast for a while, so again, apologies on that. But this is going to be the start of 2.0 podcast again. <laughs> I'm going to start smashing them out. Um, but as always, I am joined by Optus Mike Reed. Mike, nice one for jumping on, as always. Cheers, Nick. Nice. Thanks for having me on. No worries. But um, yeah, we met for the first time this weekend. Yeah, we've obviously in done person. these shows. Yeah, for the first time in person, we've obviously done these shows for a while. Um, and then yeah, the opportunity arose for to go and see uh, the Reds play Burnley uh, at Anfield in front of the highest league attendance on record at Anfield, which nearly sixty k. Um, how was your day, lad? How did you enjoy it? it was good. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. To be fair. Um, Obviously, getting trained there from Leeds, which is where I'm based, and then train back. Nice to see you, you and all the guys, and it was nice to meet up with everyone, really. Um, and it's my first game of the season, so it'd be nice if I can get another one before the end of the season. In with Klopp leaving, obviously, it's sort of had that heightened. You've got to go now, aren't you? Kind of thing. So I do appreciate you getting me to see it. <laughs> no worries. It is. It is. But, um turned into a bit of a gold dust like to try and get tickets obviously with like the clop it was already hard anyway because when Liverpool are doing well it's hard but once that clop news came out you knew every ticket was going to be like ridiculously hard or expensive and it's like well mm. makes it a bit difficult um but um yeah it was good it was a good game and yes that we of course remained top of the league with that 3-1 win of course Man City have still got the um the game in hand, unfortunately, which they're going to win. Of course, we know that. And we're looking yeah. at their fixtures, let's not even talk about them because we know what they're just <laughs> they're just going to keep winning games. It's depressing. Um, but yeah, the Reds won three one, and yeah, you put, you threw a few stats out there. And the, the first one I want to bring up is we we talk about this probably every time because you 
more often than not, throw out like a random stat. I think the last one was, inc- I think it included Biscan, if, if, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, and yeah. this one was um, featured a few similar names to that, I guess, um, in terms of the, the headed goals uh, in the game. All three were by headers. That, yeah, tell us, tell us a stat. I loved it. Yeah, so all three Liverpool, in fact, weirdly, all four goals in the game were headers, but speaking about Liverpool in particular, all three Liverpool's goals were headers and they were all by different players. Jota got the first, Diaz the second and ultimately the winner, and then Nunez the, the third, and they were all headers. So it's the only the second time that Liverpool have actually had three players score a header in the same Premier League game. So since 92 93, sadly. Nobody was recording whether goals were headed before the Premier League or left foot, right foot or anything like that. But in the Premier League, um, yeah, it's only the second time. And the other time was Boxing Day 2003, which I think me and you were talking before. It's not a game we remember, but against Bolton, another 3-1 win at Anfield. Uh, and all three goals were different players and no headers in that game as well. So it was uh, Sammy Hapier, who was known for his ability in the air, scored quite a lot of goals for Liverpool from certainly set pieces. Florence Cinema Pongol. Um, who didn't score loads of goals for Liverpool, but but he but he was a striker, so you can see I was in the list. And the other one was Vladimir Smeetsa, who again I can't remember him scoring too many headers back in the day for Liverpool. Um, obviously we all remember the Champions League final goal, but that certainly wasn't a header, so he didn't score many of them. But that's the only previous times. It's just it's a quirky little na- uh, few names in there, a quirky little start. Doesn't really mean anything, but that's the way it was. We out Burnley, Burnley, you could say. <laughs> Yeah, I love. I just love it. Like, yeah, hippie and like you said, Anson and Pongol maybe had a t- had a push, but Smith sitting there with a the header. Um, I mean, like you said, Istanbul. Uh, I remember a belt that he scored. I think it was the winner against Chelsea. But yeah. apart from that, and I think there was one against West Ham. I think I remember vaguely the top of my head as a as a as a young as a young child. Uh, but apart from that, I'm st- I'd struggle if, you, if someone came up to you with a gun to your head and was like, "Name me five Vladimir Smita goals," I'd be like, "Oh fucking hell, I'm fucked." I seem to remember one against Leeds in a, the game. Viduka scored four against Liverpool. Ah, I'm I sure Smita scored in that game. I, I, could be, I, could I think be so. Wrong. Yeah, Smita was the first Liverpool player I had on the back of my shirt as a kid. <laughs> which is another niche little, just obscure players that you like as a as a kid when you're growing up. And he was obviously one that I used to love when I was little. So, yeah, I've got a soft yeah. spot for him. Yeah, I think it's it was that era where, I guess, I, well, I don't know if to say now because I, I don't really, if I buy the kits, I'm obviously not getting a name on the back. And I, I usually get the kits the year after when they're cheaper because they're like yeah. 250 quid when they're brand new. Um, <laughs> but you're yeah, getting like new play. Like I used to love that feeling, getting like a new when a new player signed and you get yeah. them on the back of the shirt and back in them days, I guess in like in that era, like we've just been talking about 2003 and whatever, just after like the 2001 season, um, I guess it weren't as good for new players coming mm-hmm. in. Like I remember, I, think, I, I don't regret any of the ones I had because I think I had like Abel Xavier. I think I had Smitson on one. The only one I regret is, is fucking um, El Hadjouf. I knew you were going to say Juve. As soon as you <laughs> said regret, it, had, it just had to be Juve, didn't it? That, and you know what? It was that 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 black boss kit as well from that from yeah. that year, which I absolutely yeah. love. And every time I see it when I go to my dad's, it's in, in the loft. I'm like, why did I do it? Why did why did I do it to myself? But um, it was an exciting signing at the time. Um, but yeah, it just went wrong, didn't it? I think I think what people gets in people's heads a little bit as well is the whole Anelka thing. Like not 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 keeping Anelka and then going yeah. on to buy 
to buy juice. But yeah, let's not let's not get down that road because <laughs> start throwing out loads of expletives at Hodges Juice, and I've done I've done enough done enough that in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet the other one you've sent you've sent over, which is a, another good start, is about um, Jota and Nunes scoring in the um, same Premier League game this season, which again is a and there's another couple of names in there, like Liverpool related and second in the list as well, which are, again speaks to the I guess the the duos and the combinations and the and that's the type of stuff that we're seeing this season, especially yeah. players scoring goals, the good link up, obviously the Nunes and Salah link up where Nunes was providing every assist for a Salah thing that ended recently, which was I was as soon as that happened, I thought of you, and I, th- I, just, I, just, I just, I just imagine your face going, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Why do you have to ruin I, had, I, I did have a few players tweet me going, "No, the runs ended." <laughs> like ten in a row, he'd got the Salah. Um, but yeah, but so we've been missing that combination lately, the Darwin and Salah one. Yeah. But Darwin and Jota are sort of making up for that recently because the stat is that the Burnley game was the fifth time they've scored in the same game in the Premier League this season. Uh, which is the most of any pair of players, which is quite surprising, actually. Um, so the games were the West Ham home game, Forest home game, both away and at home to Burnley. So they did it at, at Turf Moor, and the other one was um, Bournemouth away, where they both actually scored twice in that game. So that was really impressive. So they kind of stepped up in Salah's absence. Um, they've both, they're both in the top three for sort of goal contributions by Premier League players in 2024. So just as we started to miss Salah, I think those two have started to contribute quite quite a lot, not just goals as well, assists, particularly with Nunes' assists are really high. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, been a really positive sign. And you'd almost say, once Salah's back now, Sal, I'd say Jota and Darwin have sort of made themselves the, the next two choice in the front three, if you get what I mean. I mean, Diaz has been and been great as well. Gapo's had to be a substitute the last few games, really. Um, but not because of anything he's done wrong, but just because of the form that, those lads have been in, so I think that's a really, a really positive sign. The second in the list, by the way, for the uh, Jotter and Darwin scoring in the same game is uh, well, the Salah and Jotter. They're on four, and also Sterling and Jackson for Chelsea are on four, which is not a name many will expect to have been in there, but somehow they have scored in the same game four times, which is, you know, an, an interesting one because uh, Chelsea are in sort of mid table, so you wouldn't have expected that necessarily. Yeah, they're a good twenty points behind us, which I have. I am enjoying, to be fair, even though they won last night. I am enjoying it, yeah. um, and I think the whole Salah thing's interesting. I think because <clears throat> I think whenever he's been away in the past, we've not been—I don't know—we uh, always seemed a little bit like square peg round hole a little bit. With anyone that goes in that position, just because Salah's—he's always available. He's never injured. He's yeah. always there, so you don't ever have to think about it. Apart from like we mentioned before we started um, recording about like. Like when we played West Ham and Harvey Elliott played in that position and done it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen now Jota go in that position and he's busting a gut, he's scoring the goals, he's making stuff happen, he's closing down, he's doing all the stuff you want. So, it, it, in a weird way, because we're, we had so many players missing, especially in the Burnley game, I think we had nine, I think it was nine or ten, I think, or something like that mm-hmm. in that game, to, to continue this run and uh, in the way that we've been doing, especially missing Salary, who is he is the main man and always has been in terms of our goal scoring. I think it's it says a lot about how how good we are, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, I, I think as a front five, the five options Liverpool have, I, I I don't think it's you know controversial to say that I think that's amongst the best in the world, and um, Liverpool are very lucky to to have that. Um, and yeah, like you're saying, seasons gone by, Salah's gone missing. January and February. 
uh, Klopp's two worst months for uh, win rate as Liverpool manager. And part of the reason down to that is he loses Mane and Salah for the African Cup of Nations in some of those seasons. Now, weirdly, like the Arsenal defeat was the first time Liverpool had lost a Premier League game that Salah had missed since he joined, which he just doesn't. It's only because he doesn't miss that many games that that had happened. But if you remember the 21 22 season where Egypt played Senegal in the final, um, that was the last time sort of Salah missed that January period and even the start of February. It was, I think I remember Jota was right wing a few times, but I think Oxlade Chamberlain played and scored in a couple of games from, from right wing um, that season. He, did, he had a good season that season. Uh, Minamino, I think, had a couple of games on the wing. Um, but yeah, it felt a bit makeshift, didn't it? Um, this time it hasn't felt as makeshift. Um, I think it's not been just Salah's absence that's affected certainly the Arsenal defeat and, and, and forming recent parts. It's just the amount of players out rather than just Salah. You know, Soboslai's been missing. Trent's only just back fit. Thiago, obviously, out. Endo's been missing as well. There's been a lot of players out. Um, so it's sort of added to that, the difficulty of not having Salah. But as you say, that front, the other the other four attackers have, have really stepped up and, and none of them look out of place no matter where you, you put them in that front three. Nunes can play on the left. Diaz has played on the right a few times, to be fair, and, he, and looked fairly good. So, yeah, to be fair to them, they're showing a bit of um, versatility where they're happy to play anywhere along that front three. Yeah, do you think that do you think um the fact that Liverpool have of course we lot that right side was always and um, when we were obviously winning the league and stuff, it was Trent down the flying down the flank. We had Hendo over that side and then we had Salah then them link up in triangles. Obviously Hendo that has now left and now came mm. came back to Europe at Ajax, which you haven't mentioned. Um and and, and Trent's went inside um into like a, yeah. a double pivot. So it's the system and I guess that that those triangles that we were missing because of the system change and losing personnel, I guess we're not relying on that so much. Of course, yeah. we still want Trent to be playing those balls out to um, Salad into those areas and stuff, and we and we missed that, especially with Trent getting injured again at the weekend because he and we said during the game he didn't look fit at all. That's really, cool. I think for, for yeah. their goal he was he was poor, and I just don't, don't think he looked right, especially after. Mm coming back so quickly. So do you think that comes into it as well with the the, the, the system change and stuff? Yeah, well, Klopp actually mentioned in the Arsenal game, he wasn't happy with the right side at all. And it was in that game, it was Gakpo, Graham Birch and Trent again, who again wasn't fit for that game either. I think if Bradley had, had been available, which obviously for obvious reasons, he, he wasn't able to play, but um, he would have possibly played. But again, he mentioned that right side is not working. Um, so we've, we have had to adapt it a bit and I think we have adapted it in, in the last sort of 12 months or so, really, you'd say, since sort of back end of last season as well, with, with Trent coming inside. Well, even this season when Gomez has been at left-back, which he's had to do with um, Robertson and Simicast being out, Gomez has inverted as well. But it's yeah. been more, when he does it, it's been more defensive-minded. It's been, he's come in, he's almost done it in a defensive way, if you, if you get what I mean. It's not necessarily the Trent way where he's going to spray passes forward and, and link up with the forwards. Gomez, you don't expect to do that. But he's done it in a way where he actually looked quite solid defensively uh, and, and he's almost marking attacking midfielders and things like that and runners from midfield, Gomez can track him. So, yeah, there's been a... They've basically tweaked it tactically so that there isn't that reliance on, as you say, that right side for Liverpool was so good for so many years that Alexander-Arnold Henderson and Salah right side was brilliant. Um, and in fact, it's sort of underrated, really, how good that was, certainly in the title-winning season. 
um, and 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 the, the chase for quadruple in 21-22. That right side was fantastic, um, and yeah, now it is a, a, just a different setup, isn't it? Which um, they're just finding a different way to, to play, and and that's that's absolutely fine. Yeah, and of course, obviously coming in, and of course he's had his injury problems, and we're still missing him as well, which is yeah. again. Um, Massive miss, of course. Allison, we missed last game. Gomez, like you said, Bradley, who's been terrific. But before we get on to like Brentford, how are you feeling about it? You sent me over um, <laughs> the early kickoff stats, and I know we seem to do this every stat show, but it wouldn't be the st- the stat show wouldn't be complete with us without us moaning about early kickoffs. And the one you sent me over about the early kickoffs since Klopp joined. Mm-hmm. Including um, this weekend against Brentford, tells a tells a story, doesn't it, lad? Yeah, so early kickoffs on a Saturday. We're talking twelve thirty. It used to be twelve forty-five when Klopp first joined. So I've included twelve forty-five kickoffs as well on the Saturday. So this weekend it's Brentford. That'll be number forty-four for Liverpool since Klopp joined. So he joined what twenty fifteen, October twenty fifteen. From what nine years, we're talking forty-four. It's nearly five a year. And bear in mind, TNT or BT as they used to be are only allowed to pick a team six times in a year for that slot. So Liverpool are averaging five. So they're basically almost maxing out on how often they are picking Liverpool. Um, so yeah, that that's how you put it into context. Next highest is Man City and Tottenham on 39. And then below them in fourth is Man United on 34. So Man United on 34, Liverpool 44, it's 10 fewer. And I mean, I, I don't know the stats in terms of TV figures, but I would imagine Liverpool and Man United are the most watched teams in the country. I would imagine with the, the fan bases they have um, globally, and well, we're talking in the UK here, but certainly the fan bases they have are huge in the millions. So, so Man United to have been picked 10 times fewer. Um, I mean, it's bit, you could argue, yeah, Liverpool have been chasing for titles more in, in that time than Man United have, so there's more of a draw there in terms of their games might have had more interest, but for it to be that significantly ahead, it's just been a, such a common thing. And over a quarter of that 44 times has been after an international break. Thankfully, this one, it's a full week off between games. Klopp's actually said in the past, he doesn't mind the 12.30 kickoffs if he has a, a week off before. So hopefully that's right this weekend and hopefully he's not going to look silly for saying that and end up losing this weekend anyway after saying But he has said that way. Yeah. It's fine if you don't have a midweek game because you can prepare for it. And, and it affects... For a top level athlete, their their diet and their training is all tailored. And those twelve thirty kickoffs, I don't know the sports science behind it, but there has to be a reason why. I think they're often dull games, to be honest. Um, I've added a stat recently for Opta where there was a run of something like eight twelve thirty kickoffs where there was only two first half goals. So it wasn't even just Liverpool; it's just every team was just really sluggish to start. And I think there's got to be a reason behind that where they're just really sluggish and I don't know when, when they're able to eat before before a kickoff. Um, but it's just one of them kickoffs that I still enjoy watching, whether it's Liverpool or, or anybody involved, to be honest. I don't know if you agree with that, Mick. Yeah, well, uh, like historically, they are bad. Like Even when, when it's at Anfield, half 12, doesn't, I guess if it's even if it's just a normal half 12, it's bad. But after an international break, it, everyone's tired anyway because uh, it's early. And then the players yeah. are also... Like and that, like you mentioned, Klopp's mentioned like on his when he's been doing a presser on a Friday, he said a few times like like McAllister's got back at four in the morning and Darwin Nunes mm-hmm. got back at two in the morning. It's like well yeah. then then they're then going home, getting to sleep, then getting up late. Then it's all it's all like you said, it's all 
like systemized around like the eating plans and like it's all mm-hmm. regimented so anything that can knock it off balance can't will, will do that i mean in the, in the good old 100%. days when they just rock up to the pub and have 12 yeah. pints and then go home it, it doesn't matter to them but like nowadays where it's like it, it is sports science and footy go hand in hand and that's why we mm-hmm. see pure athletes it does of course have an effect but yeah 10 more than united is 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 funny it is funny i think i was surprised that spurs and city were um only five offers to be fair just because mm. it's we've had so many but to be top i think that says a lot and i think klopp's moaned about it enough and we, we have on this show at least try and do our little whatever percent 0.1 percent of uh trying yeah. to get it out there to, to to moan about it um but yeah that is a that is a mad one but yeah just on just on brand for them we've mentioned like uh mentioned before like allison and gomez and bradley they were all um lfc um post like a little clip this morning on twitter so you could and you could see allison there you could see gomez there you could see bradley there which is yeah like you said it's losing his dad i, I mean losing your dad at any age is the, not oh, worse losing any parents oh. at any age is bad but losing them at 20 is i think that's can have a massive impact on on a kid and and fair play to him for being if he's going to come back this week and hopefully he does i mean if he doesn't then that's it's obviously up to him but I think the work that he's been doing recently, I think it's it's worth talking about just how good Connor Bradley is because um, he's been. I think I said to you during the Burnley game because I think because we know Trent came back and he doesn't look himself. And I think I said to you like I think we're missing Bradley here, just like mm-hmm. down that right hand side. He would have had a field day, like the energy he's got and getting into the box and making stuff happen. Just from the short amount of time we've seen him this season, where he's hitting new levels, especially against Chelsea, where he was fucking unbelievable. No. Amazing. It was um, yeah. it's it's been it's been boss to see, and hopefully he can slot straight back in. And obviously he's ho- horrible to lose his dad. So uh, like I say, but you can take, I, I mean, you can't take any positives out of that. But like just trying to get himself back into the side, and yeah, just um, see, see how he gets on. I think it's yeah. hopefully uh, it's been a massive breakthrough season for him already. I think anyway, but the rest of the season we're going to need him to mm-hmm. to be on on his top form because he's, he's he's shown how good he is. He's, he's gone from that, that ultimate high. He's made his Premier League debut, scored his first Premier League goal against Chelsea of all teams to score it against, and then he's gone from that to the ultimate low of losing his losing his dad. So it's it's you know you, you sort of really do feel for him. I think even fan, fans of other clubs will feel really really sorry for him and what he's having to go through. Um. So, but as you say, I think I think he'd have certainly played these last two games with Trent. Not being, he, he would have started. I think both of them with Trent not being quite high. Trent sort of had to start them out of necessity just because he's there and with no other right back. Curtis Jones playing right back in the second half on Saturday. So, yeah, and, and that I, I was talking about Trent as being for me one of the top five players in the world before he got that injury, how well he was playing at the time. And I don't mind saying that. But for Bradley to come in and make him not miss that is absolutely unbelievable and he and he did um so fair play to the guy 20 years old um and as you mentioned alison gomez they'd be alison we know what a goalkeeper he is um despite the mistake against arsenal it happens um gomez has been absolutely brilliant and arguably having one of his best patches as a liverpool player and then it's been sort of knocked back by missing the game against burnley but hopefully his return can help as well Canate will be returning from suspension so there's options there at centre-back because if one of the centre-backs had have got injured in that uh, Burnley game we'd have been in a bit of trouble because I don't have a clue who would have 
put there, to be honest. Um, maybe Robertson having to go at centre-back or something. But, yeah, it would have been a bit mad. But now that Gomez and Canate are there, Simicas and Robertson can now play left-back. Gomez can focus on being centre-back. So, players are back now. Um, with regards to Brentford, we've not actually won away at Brentford in the Premier League. Um, there was the free-all draw in when they were promoted 21-22, which was a result that... And you could argue it's one of those results that cost us the league in the end because it's a game we should have won, really. We should have been better. Uh, didn't win. Drew free all. We threw away a lead, I think. So um, it was one of them frustrating games. And last season, it was a 3-1 defeat. And frankly, it was one of those terrible games last season. And we, there were a few. <laughs> so the Brentford one was up there. Um, so ultimately, it's not ground we've got a good record at. Uh, Brentford, we know they beat Man City both home and away last season, and Man City went and won a treble. So Brentford have this way of, of dealing with the sort of bigger teams in inverted commas. I hate using that phrase to be honest because I don't think it means anything. But um, uh, yeah, they have this way of dealing with these teams who are expected to maybe have more of the ball against them, shall I say? And they've got great counter attack. You know, Tony's back now. Yeah. We know what a good goal scorer he is. So yeah, that that will be a a very tough game, especially with it being 12.30 on Saturday. If Liverpool are sluggish, Brentford will make us pay for that daily as well um, in, in, a, in a number of ways, whether it's on the counter-attack, whether it's in transitions and pressing us, set pieces, we know they're so good at. So, yeah, I think if the fact that Liverpool have got these players back, starting to come back, even Salah, we hope, might be back at the weekend, um, which would be a, a massive, massive boost as well. So, yeah. even with those players back, it will still be tough. Um but yeah, it's just about win no matter how. I don't care about the performance. Just <laughs> three points, please. Yeah, I think it's it's been a bit of a an issue sometimes with us starting slow and then you factor in an early kickoff where it's gonna be slow anyway. You factor in the stuff you've just said where it's gonna be Brentford. Tony's back. He loves playing against, like you said, the um the bigger sides to prove a point. And he's I guess he's in the um I guess he's in the shop window, isn't he, as well? Because mm. that whole interview where he was like, oh, the manager doesn't want me then, like a bit tongue-in-cheek, his contract ends. So he's going to want to come up and play against the team, apparently supported as a kid, and and, and prove a point um, and score some goals. So we need to be, like you said, we need to be on it. And if we've got the likes of, like you said, Gomez, Alisson, Bradley, um, if Salah is back, Boss, like you said, Konate, back from suspension, the, as many as we can get back, um, in the side, <laughs> it ups the percentage, I guess, in terms of getting a getting a result there. But I think, I think we've proven just the mentality was shown in some of the games. Of course, the Arsenal result, which we haven't spoke about, is just was just a just a bad day at the office, and and they and they can happen like where you just have your your, your best centre back and you and one of the best in the goalies in the world, the, the best goalie in the world, have a fuck up and they score, and that that's how they get the um the, the noses back in front. That that's how they're going to do it. Then it, I guess it proves just how um, how good Liverpool are and stuff. But I'm looking forward to it. I am. Um, what What are you thinking in terms of like um, lineup? If if Sal, I think if Salah's fit, I don't know if he goes straight back in. I think I think Bradley, if he if he's ready to go, I think Bradley goes. Of course, has to go back in. Allison goes back in yeah. as good as Keller was in the last game. Gomez, do you reckon? Because I've really I've loved Gomez. I've loved. In this, in that left left back position, he's surprised me so much because I think when he obviously plays at right back mostly, then when he moved over to left back at the first couple of games, he just looked a bit like there was no balance at all. But just one game, it just stuck, and all of a sudden, since then, his levels have just increased. And mm. I think 
there's there's a shout for him to to come straight back in. I think just because of how good he's been. It's really tricky, and I think this is one of them. This is probably one of the hardest to predict lineups um, of the season, really, because we've finally got some players available and some options. I mean, it was anyone in terms of Salah. If it was anyone other than Salah, I'd be saying, "Ah, oh, there's no way for us him straight back in." But it's Salah, and um, that means makes me think maybe he will. Um, but ultimately, we've got Luton in midweek afterwards, and then the, the Carabao Cup final the week after. So. There's plenty of game time to give players game time. So I don't think he needs to rush anyone back who's not 100%. Um, but yeah, because it's Salah and we know what a machine he is, um, he might well end up starting. Even as even with Diaz Nunes, Jotter all scoring at the weekend, it could mean nothing for them in terms of you know, Mo Salah's back. So um, Bradley, yeah, if Trent's out, I think it's, just, it's the obvious choice to put him back in. You could have Gomez at right back uh, and then... Robertson yeah. or Simicast left back. Um Kanate is having a great season. So again, can you really I know he got sent off against Arsenal, not one of his his better days. Um but can you justify I think ultimately Van Dyke's the only absolutely guaranteed starter really in the back four, but not because the others are weak, but just because there's options there. Yeah. Um I mean Robertson probably does start left back. I'd be surprised if he didn't. He is Klopp's first choice. So then it's a case of does Gomez play right-back or Bradley? And then does Gomez play centre-back or Canate? And Konza was great at the weekend as well, by the way, but I think, he, I think even he would admit he's only 20 years old. He's, he's probably fourth choice behind Van Dijk, Canate, Gomez. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's those, those are sort of options. Um, I think Endo possibly does start just in terms of having that, you know, to, you know he's a natural holding midfielder. Um, so I think he possibly does start again. Um, he got he got a good eighty nine minutes in him uh, at the weekend, so he's, he's he's got that rhythm back in the team. I think getting Endo back into the team regularly will help him again. Um, so Endo probably starts. Jones is like first name in the team sheet at the minute in midfield. He's been brilliant. Yeah. Um, that could well be the same midfield, couldn't it? That McAllister, Endo, Jones. Um, so. I've been raving about Harvey Elliott recently, but he never seems to get a look in. But I accept he's only twenty. Um, so yeah, there, there are selection problems there for Klopp. Positive ones, not 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 a case of oh my god, I've got no players here. Um, it's actually positive decisions that he's got to make. Whoever he picks deserves to be picked. To be honest, yeah, I think when we were outside the pub just before we went into the in, into the ground that we were talking about Harvey Elliott, and I think you said something like what um, what Harvey Elliott got to do to get a start or something along yeah. those lines. I don't know if I'm misquoting you there. So apologies if I am. No, I said it. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and it, and it's a good point, and I think it's a good debate because he's kind of I don't I don't think pigeonholed is the right term, but like he's he's so good at coming off the bench, and I think he showed it again. It was um, on Saturday, yeah. That's what I mean. So coming into those, and I think changing the system a little bit. I think um, Endo and uh, McAllister went as like a little a double pivot look like, yeah. and then Elliot got a little, a little bit more freedom. I think he's just so valuable off the bench, and I think it's something that. I think it's been that case for a while now, but I think yeah. it's it just con- continuing in that way. I think it's maybe maybe looking at next year where he can have like hopefully like a proper breakthrough season. Obviously, not like a, not for a new year. player, but like in terms of yeah, in, with a new manager and stuff, and obviously a new system and whatever else in terms of mm-hmm. what his future is going to be. But there's no doubt on just how committed and how how good he is. And I think like we've. Like you mentioned like the, the Gakpos and Gravenberks and whatever coming off the bench. When you've got Harvey Elliott, who's going to come off the bench and run his ass off for you for yeah. 20 minutes, closing the spaces and have the quality 
um, get get on the assists and That's get some fair. assists, get stuff in, um, get some get some other stats on the board. I think it's always it's always beneficial. Isn't it? Yeah, it, like I say, I, I do love him, and uh, he got he only got one assist at the weekend. I know people think he set up the other one. I thought he did in the ground at the time. I didn't see the deflection that it come to to go to Diaz, but it was slightly deflected, so they took the assist away from him. Oh. Drink. I always find that harsh, even as a stat guy. I'm like, oh, come on. But yeah, especially for a young lad, just give him it. But uh, yeah, so he only got the one assist. But you remember against Palace, he scored, he came, comes on and scores the winner. Um, yeah. So he, he's just had some, big, big, yeah, he's had some big moments. Um, and he's had some great performances, like you say. And, you know, I accept he's only 20. So I accept he's probably, he's had a horrible injury, you got to remember. And alone at Blackburn, and he's still on 98 appearances for Liverpool. So he's closing in on 100 appearances for Liverpool. He'll be one of the youngest players ever to get to 100 appearances for Liverpool, despite breaking his leg quite badly and going on loan to Blackburn and making his debut for Fulham before he'd played for Liverpool. So <laughs> you've got his ad. We're talking about that sort of stats you'd expect for a guy in the mid 20s, but this guy yeah. is, is 20 years old. Um, so he's got a long, I think he, he accepts that. He's he doesn't have to be in the team now. He's got time to develop. And, and um, I think the only thing that counts against him in terms of getting starts is how good the other midfielders are. You know, Sobersly is so hard to drop. Jones is, like I say, I think he's the first-choice midfielder at the minute. And then he's not a defensive midfielder, so you're not going to play him over Rendo or McAllister there. So it's just hard for him to get regular starts. Thankfully, we've been in the Europa League and we've gone to the League Cup final because he's got plenty of stats there. And I think that's helped him as a sub because it means he's got rhythm. He's got match rhythm. Um, he's not coming in cold like he's not started for a week and suddenly he's coming on the bench. He's actually played, he's probably started in midweek in the Cup and then coming off the bench. So he's actually got minutes in his legs, if you get what I mean. I think that's helped him massively. Um, he's a player I really, really like. He's a Liverpool fan. He gives his all for the team every single game. And he's got the quality as well. So, you know, he's just such a good option to have. And and if he does start, I'm happy happy to see him start. I'm not going to be bemoaning, oh, we should be playing McAllister or Jones or whoever. I'm not ever going to say that because I really like him. Yeah, I think he's, like you just said there, 98 appearances. That is mm. that is crazy. I think I think it's always funny when, like, them stats pop up and it's like you're looking at, like, the, the age of the team and when it always surprised me when you see it next to Harvey Elliott 20 because I because he's been around for so long so you just long, you man. just think how oh, he must be like is he 21 yet when <laughs> just seems like he's been 20 for like three years yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah he's a valuable valuable asset to have especially when you've gone like you said fighting on all fronts you need players league cup and Europa League and whatever else we, we need coming up FA Cup so he's going to be um it's going to be very much needed. Hopefully, we get loads more players back, um, and he can just stay as a bench player because that that means we've got like a full plethora of um, players. But I think with the interchanging of, like I said, the other competitions and stuff, I think he he's always willing and he's always ready to to jump yeah. into those games. Like I said, he's a Liverpool fan, so he's not one of, going to be one of those who's moaning and not giving it all on the training ground. He's always going to be doing that anyway, because just because he understands the club and obviously being a Liverpool fan and stuff. Like I said, so um, yeah, boss. Um, and then just to finish up, there was some heartwarming news uh, about um, the fact that Sven Goran Eriksson will be um, the Liverpool manager for the Legends game on the 23rd of March against Ajax, which I think is just so, it's so heartwarming, of course. Been, he's been diagnosed with cancer recently and he was on Sky News talking about like um, about the, his favourite teams and he said it was Liverpool and maybe he wanted to be Liverpool manager in the past and stuff. And I think 
we all have our issues with social media about how negative it is and a bit of a cesspit and all that. But when someone's going through something so bad like that and you can give them a day um, where they can live out their dreams in a in, in a sense, I think it's something so, so lovely. Uh, I think that's a, a big part behind it is social media being being used as a positive for, for once. Um, but yeah, it's just such a such a lovely story that he's going to be able to do that. And I'm made up that I'm going to be there to see it on the day, hopefully as as much of a packed out crowd as it can be with the new attendance, sixty K. Um be bossed to see. But it's just such a such a lovely story, you know. Our thoughts and condolences go to his family and his friends and people close to him because, you know, he's he had a great career as well. And uh, he's he's loved throughout the game. And okay, he never managed Liverpool properly, but the fact that yeah, as you say, social media it can be a sort of cesspit at times of and it's got it's got its issues, we all know that. Um, but for, for Liverpool fans to come together and do this, Klopp actually said he doesn't want to manage a testimonial, he wants to come and sit in my office and do my job for a bit. And I'd you know, if Klopp's willing to let him do that for a bit, then I'd, absolutely that'd be amazing as well. But yeah, it's just a really it's one of them feel-good stories, isn't it? That he gets to um to get he gets his chance in the dugout at Anfield, but you know, after saying he supports the club, so um, yeah, that that makes the day even better, um, and hopefully it helps raise more money for charity, which is what the game is about as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, ma- it makes that day, that game, um, which is going to be some great players lined up to play in it as well, which should should be good for the f- people going. I know you, you're going, you aren't you, Mick? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it should it should be a great day, and and made better by the fact that that he's now in the dugout. Yeah, boss. Well, we can end it there with that nice nice news about. Um about Sven. Um so yeah, nice Mike. A nice one for jumping on as always. Um really appreciate you jumping on. Cheers, Probably Mike. hopefully see you again soon at the match. We'll have a have a few more yeah, yeah. a few more bevies again. Um but yeah, <laughs> nice one for jumping on. Nice one everyone for listening and uh yeah we'll see you all very soon. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Copite Podcast. Podcast Network.